Hey guys, Frank and Jackie Ritz. And we are here with Essential Oil Healthcare Radio. And I laugh because Jackie and I just sat here for at least three minutes going, how are we going to actually start the podcast? And uh, she just looked at me and said, you just need to start it. It doesn't even matter what you do, what you say, uh, because we love you guys. And if you're a fan or a follower, uh, we see that there's like really great things happening with this podcast. So we have you to thank for that. So I guess it really doesn't matter what way I really introduce anything because you guys are what this is all about. So like I said, this is Essential Oil Healthcare Radio. And today we are going to bring you a podcast on what we are going to call the winter blues. What it simply is, is it's uh, somebody who is feeling kind of, you know, downtrodden, sad, uh, feeling like they're just a little bit morose during the holiday season. Actually, more so, not just the holiday season, but into the rest of winter as well. And so um, we wanted to come on here and talk about that because some of you folks out there might actually be feeling this way. And we want to reach out there to you and provide you with a couple of different ways that you can help combat that during this wintry season. And so we're going to talk about uh, what is the typical symptoms that you will have during the winter. We're going to talk about um, some herbs. We're going to talk about some supplements. We're going to talk about some essential oils. Some food. These things (laughs) that can actually help with making sure that you don't feel the winter blues. And we want to make sure that we can give you all of these kits in your little toolbox in order to be able to, um, you know, make sure that your winter can be that of a happy one. Before we dive into all of that, um, first I want to say we had two more reviews on our iTunes and at the end, I'm going to announce who that is, and we're going to send you guys a free home apothecary ebook. Okay, so stay tuned to the end of it. Those two people are going to be getting a free ebook. If you leave a comment, a five star comment on our iTunes, we might pick you as well on the next podcast and give you my free, brand new copy of the home apothecary ebook. It's over 80 recipes that you can make using herbs and essential oils to use all around your home to use in your health care, your self-care, cleaning products, first aid remedies, things for your kids. So much goodness in this little book. And so it's also going to print this week. So um, there was a little bit of an issue with the printer. Um, one of the pages got smudged or something like that. So they're going to reprint it, and we've got it coming out to you guys, and we'll be shipping it out this week. So all of you who pre-ordered it, Thank you so much. You can still order it right now, and we'll link it down in the show notes. So, hey, what? I just have to be able to do that. So, so awesome. all right, let's get started. Um, we're going to do this kind of interview style because I'm the dumb one and Frank's the smart one. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Frank questions about the winter blues, what it is, what causes it, some great remedies that you can use. I'm going to throw in my two cents on some herbs, some essential oils that you can use, some supplements, but I'm not the sciencey one. You guys should know by now that that is Frank. Um, I'm the, you know, pretty simple one. So let's get started. Well, before Frank. we do that, before we do that, yes. first of all, anytime that we want to talk about emotions, anytime that we want to talk about different types of situations that you currently might have going on in your life, by all means, this serves as a disclaimer that we are not here as a 
physician. We are not here to diagnose or treat or prevent or cure anything that may be going on with you. People have actually had anecdotal evidence in their personal life and personal testimonies that these sorts of things can absolutely help. But if you decide that you want to start using anything like this or take up some advice and recommendations because that's all these things are is just advice, recommendation, information for you to make very good choices, please make sure that you take this in to your physician or your healthcare provider, whomever you are seeing, and that's when you actually make legitimate change in your life. So just want to make sure that we said that out front. If you're even on one last thing, if you're even on um, some sort of a medication to help with this sort of a, a situation, don't stop it, okay? Talk to your primary care provider, talk to your physician, and make sure that you both are making a very good sound decision for your health. Okay, so Frank, how would you describe what the winter blues are? Okay, so I mean, winter is a season, right? So we can describe it as that. So with that being said, usually the months of December through February to maybe even March, some folks may actually feel down. And that is because of the fact that during that time of the year, it has been found and proven, excuse me, that with our shorter days and really, really less exposure to natural sunlight, people may in fact feel more down. It's because just life slows and those sorts of things. There is definite physical evidence though that shows that our bodies work really well with natural light. Couple that with the American, the typical American job, right? So like most of the time we're inside anyway. Uh, people peak with these types of symptoms during the winter months, but people are now reporting that they can experience them throughout the year because they are not getting out in the bright, beautiful sunshine and they're feeling these feelings of being down, uh, even outside of the typical season of winter. So, but we're going to keep things talking about winter alone because that's the season that we're in right now. And I was reading the other day that half a million Americans alone, mostly who are in the northern climates, you know, where it's really cold, um, they suffer from these winter blues. But here's a really interesting fact that I read is that three out of four of these people are women. So what do you have to say about that? Um, I actually would not even say anything more so than um, I think women are just more in tune with their emotions than men are. Men are really good at like saying like, oh, everything's all good and I'm fine. And yet we put up this wonderful facade that like. Very good answer. <laughs> yeah, that, that we are like not nearly expressing ourselves emotionally, at least with. Um, explaining ourselves with what emotions we feel, uh, whereas women are very happy and good and programmed to be able to explain that a lot better. I mean, if you were to ask me, like, do I feel all right, what's my typical answer going to be? Fine. Mm-hmm. Good. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, but there could be literally chaos going inside of my brain and the rest of my body. I think that is, like, I thought I was going to stumble him on that one, guys, but he got that. So what actually causes the winter blues? I know you touched on, you know, the light and it being darker, but what are some other things that you can talk about that are actually causing this to happen in our bodies? So there's, like, both direct and indirect ways that people can receive this. Um, let's talk about the direct ways first. So, like I said, it's exposure to natural sunlight. Uh, the pineal gland, right? So, like, the very tiny... Itty bitty gland that is uh, 
present in your body is responsible for secreting a hormone called melatonin. You may have actually heard that word melatonin because uh, there is a supplement that you can take, which is in fact synthetic melatonin, that some people report they get better sleep with. But your body will naturally produce that if you're exposed to natural light. And the thing is, is that when you're inside working with artificial lights and things like that, your body's not being exposed, so you're not secreting that hormone effectively. Uh, the other thing is, is that a lot of people may or may not understand that exposure to sunlight is a very vital process in the production of vitamin D. Vitamin D is through your skin. That is the biggest organ in your body. And it's there for a reason. It's to help convert that sunlight. Well, it's to use the power of the sunlight to convert a precursor to vitamin D into a uh, a, a fully fledged ability working vitamin D inside the body. So the long story short is a lot of people are short with their vitamin D also during the winter. So those are sort of the two larger direct reasons. Uh, they're, they play a little bit into sort of the, the, the physiology of the brain as well with the sense that some people who report having these winter blues will end up actually having a decreased amount of serotonin or even dopamine. Serotonin is one of the more well-known neurotransmitters in the brain because it's responsible for those feel-good symptoms. Dopamine also is around as a very good neurotransmitter to help with those feelings of joy and happiness. So unfortunately, all of those things together um, can cause you know direct symptoms of, you know, winter blues. The indirect ones now are people don't sleep really well anymore. Uh, we are quote unquote too busy now. And so our entire rhythms are messed up and we are not doing a very good job of getting refreshing and restore restorative sleep. And you walk around, if you ever notice that like, you know, um, you might have unfortunately been without sleep for a while, so you may not notice it anymore. But when I don't get, you know, at least eight hours of sleep, I wake up and I'm grumpy. And I couldn't even imagine um, how many Americans feel when they wake up that way every single day. We were actually at church last night for a special uh, service that they did on screens. And so it was all about screen time and how to navigate navigate this world with your kids and your family and yourself. And there's so much issues. There's pornography. There's, you know, things that kids are getting into and seeing that they shouldn't. And so one of the things that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me was that, you know, these teenagers are bringing their phones into their rooms and staying up all night. Like they're staying up. And getting like two to four hours of sleep. And so there is an increased risk right now of depression and even suicide in in teenagers. And a lot of it can be because of this one thing, you know, because they're staying up all night chatting online. And so one of the best things you can do, I know this is kind of like a side comment, is Make your kids, make your teenagers keep their phones outside of their room. And if you have to put it like on lockdown in your room on your nightstand, then it's totally worth it so that your kids can get a good night's sleep, especially right now during the winter months. This isn't, I mean, when we talk about this stuff, we're, we're talking about everyone, even our children and even our teenagers, um, even our young adults, because this pertains to everyone. Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I was just going to say is that like, you know, if you're a human, you're susceptible. And so, uh, and so it's very important to really treat that sleep environment exactly what it's supposed to be. I said on previous podcasts and other podcasts that we do that sleep and sex are the only things that happen inside of the bedroom. The rest of it needs to all stay outside of that door. All right. So, um, yesterday, matter of fact, I was 
realizing that I was a culprit of it. I don't play with my phone before I went to bed, but I said, you know what? I don't want that risk of interrupting my sleep because I'm hanging out, even playing some game app or whatever on my phone. I moved it out of the room and I put an alarm clock in there instead. Well, because when you wake up in the middle of the night, your body naturally can fall back to sleep. But if you have a phone next to you when you wake up in the middle of the night, you're more apt to grab that phone and then all the whole cycle starts over again of messing up those rhythms and the blue light and, you know, getting plugged into what's going on in the world when you don't need to know that at 2 a.m. in the morning. Yep. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what are some of the symptoms of the winter blues. I mean, we know you're down, you're not feeling so hot, you have feelings of depression and anxiety. Um, but what are some of the other symptoms? Maybe if a listener is thinking they might have the winter blues or wondering if they do, kind of talk us through what are some of the things we can look at. So you just hit the vast majority of them. They're what we refer to uh, as negative symptoms. All right, there's negative symptoms. Um, there's this run, this really wonderful, when I was going through PA school and, of course, when I was seeing patients, uh, there's this really, really good acronym uh, called SIG-E-CAPS. And what it's supposed to do is each one of those letters in that acronym corresponds to a feeling or something that we do as human beings. There could be things like guilt or irritability or, you know, energy or sex drive is in there. Um, so all of these things we can ask systematically to see, like, what is going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if somebody is reporting that they have negative symptoms, well, then that means that they are not acting, you know, what we would be considered as normal, if you will. Not to say that you're not normal, just to say that, you know, if you're having these for longer periods of time, there might be something going on that you need to get checked out. So really, you know, you, you got to think of like those negative symptoms. So we're thinking like decreased energy, uh, decreased sex drive. Uh, you're, you're finding that you don't have pleasure in doing things that you used to do. And actually find pleasure in. You'll find yourself more alone at times and you're actually okay with that. Um, you might actually have, um, oh, here's a big one. Here's actually two huge ones. Besides the negative symptoms is that you actually become carb craving. Mm -hmm. All right. So the reason why you become carb craving is because the pathophysiology in the body is that those carbohydrates actually can help release serotonin in your brain. And so therefore your body will literally tell you, I'd like to eat potato chips right now because they're salty and they're full of carbs and that will help my brain feel better. And so you'll find yourself being um, munching on carbs a lot more. And that's a quick fix. I mean, that's not a solution for the listeners is to go out and get a bag of chips. The solution is a little bit more difficult than that. And we're going to get into, you know, some of the, the, the natural remedies you can do, but it is not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be something that you're going to have to do every single day to take care of your body. And the other thing, of course, is that you just, uh, you just have this. This, this sort of apathy, lethargy, whatever you want to call it, and um, and you usually just don't really feel yourself. I think the best way to describe if you're having those types of feelings of being like down is that the world feels like I it's a bowl of jello and I'm just kind of slowly trying to make my way through it. You know, we jokingly used to say to uh, each other when we were going through school that it's like trying to run through a bowl of jello. That's how that's how somebody who feels this way, who has the blues, that's probably a very good way of describing how you actually feel. 
All right, so let's talk about the juicy stuff. Like, we're going to talk to you. I think one of the things we're hearing from you guys is that you love our podcast because we actually don't just talk about essential oils. Um, We talk and we firmly believe in helping the whole entire person. And so this means that you have to use more than just oils. You have to use good food and good diet and exercise and supplements and herbs. And so we're going to talk about that um, right now. So let's talk about some of the herbs that are good if you are going through this. One that grows prolific on our farm is lemon balm. Lemon balm just really lifts your mood it revitalizes you. It improves digestion. You know, with, with feelings of depression, we have to recognize that it's linked to our gut and digestion as well. Um, and so this is really, really That's great. That's where serotonin is created, by the way. Exactly. It's inside the gut. Serotonin that's right. is actually created in the gut. So that's why Amongst lemon, other places, but mainly in the gut. So that's why lemon balm is so good. And as well, it's a very uplifting and very invigorating. If you've never smelled it, it's also known as Melissa essential oil. Um, it is just one of those ones that it's like it's the power punch of them all. Um, so lemon balm. I love it as a tea. And so you can buy lemon balm already in pre-made tea um, packages. You can buy the whole herb and make it yourself with your own little filter. But take, you know, one to two teaspoons of dried lemon balm and put it in your drink. And I would do it up to three times a day. So what I do is I make a quart at a time. If I need a tea that's going to help me with something I'm going through, instead of making it three times a day, I make it one time a day. And I either just sip on it throughout the day in a thermos if I want it cold or warm. Um, And if you want it cold, then you can stick it in the fridge after you infuse it. And so make sure that you infuse it for a good five minutes. um, And then you can remove the herbs from it or the tea bag, put in your fridge or put it in your thermos. Another one that I love is rosemary because when you're suffering from the winter blues, you have no concentration. It like goes out the window. Um, I know that I've had this before. I just never knew what it was. And the way that I knew I had it was I could not focus. I could not work. I could not get anything done. I didn't want to do anything except watch Netflix or Hulu. And so Rosemary is great because it really does great at improving your um, focus, your concentration, and it also is great at improving sluggish digestion. Another thing that we want to work on because, as Frank said, serotonin is started or is created in our gut. Um, let's talk about some essential oils, Frank. I know you got a good list going on right there, but let me put my two cents in before he takes it over. Orange, okay? Wild orange imparts a sense of optimism in you. So I'm going to I'm going to give you some oils that are good for you because of the emotional benefits of them, and I'm sure Frank's going to give you some different ones that are great for the physical benefits that they can bring. So wild orange um, is known for imparting a sense of optimism. I would recommend that you take it in your bath with a detox bath with some Epsom salt and that you also diffuse them. And so my suggestions for essential oils are great for diffusing because of the, you know, the limbic system is connected to our our body and we need to, the smell affects our emotions so much. 
Um, cinnamon. Cinnamon is another one that I love uh, for people who are suffering from the winter blues because it is known to rekindle enthusiasm in our life, which is what we need, right? So diffusing cinnamon. Um, put just a couple drops in. Cinnamon's a powerful oil. So I recommend just about two or three drops in your diffuser, and you can mix it with one of these other oils that I talk about if you'd like to do that as well. Another one that is very overlooked is pettigrain. Pettigrain is a great oil if you're feeling, if you have feelings of depression, if you have feelings of uh, fatigue and just uninterested in life, it's an incredible one for that. Um, because it's very refreshing, it has uplifting pop properties, and so the way that I like to recommend pedigrain is through a massage. And so put a couple drops in some fractionated coconut oil or some almond oil or whatever you like using and have somebody rub it all over your body, okay? Um, the last one is my favorite oil, although I say that all the time, but this one is really one of my favorites is lavender. Um, because lavender promotes so much relaxation, helps you get a good night's sleep, it is one that I would recommend that you use at nighttime as you're calming down, as you're shutting your brain off and getting into bed. Put a couple drops on your pillow um, or take a detox bath with some Epsom salt. Uh, put it in the diffuser. It's one that I diffuse right next to my bed every single night because it shuts me down. I love, love, love lavender. So what else do you got for essential oils? Well, some of the better studied oils. Now, granted, all of these uh, studies that I may refer to. First of all, let me back up the train just one step. First thing that you can also do is get outside. Um, bundle up, get outside, try to find yourself a nice sunny day and try to get some actual uh, sun exposure. Okay. That would definitely, that will definitely help mix up your routine a little bit. Um, also I wanted to talk about, but these essential oils are mainly like, there's not very many like human studies, of course. So a lot of these studies that I'm talking about is, um, is really going to be more rodent based, but there is one that is actually studied pretty well in humans, and that's bergamot or bergamot. That is one that is actually shown to be able to be very uplifting and invigorating. Uh, there's just one piece of caution when it comes to considering using bergamot uh, essential oil, and that is if you're going to use it, I would recommend diffusing it because a topical application and then sun exposure may equal Barney the purple dinosaur. And so you wanna, you wanna just not use that one topically. It is totally all good to use it inside of a, uh, diffuser and it works really, really, really well, okay? Um, Clary Sage is another fantastic one to, uh, help bolster your emotions. Uh, even cedarwood and even eucalyptus can be very uplifting to the system as well. Uh, I enjoy using pink pepper, but black pepper can also be used, uh, to help sort of pep you up. But of course, only use black pepper if you think that you're sluggish and need some energy and stuff like that. But if you have feelings of anxiousness and stuff like that, black pepper may be one that you want to go ahead and say bye-bye to. The last one that I wanted to talk about was lemon. Lemon is very invigorating. It's very similar uh, to its ability uh, inside the body as uh, as like bergamot is. But the study that I'm looking at um, in 2006 was actually a study that was done on rodents, but it was shown to actually help with the serotonin and dopamine levels. So it actually can kind of boost um, those naturally occurring uh, neurotransmitters in your body, okay? Uh, last but not least, I like rose. Rose is a really good one in being able to sort of like work 
in a very similar fashion as uh, as lavender would. It's kind of like whenever I think of a floral, um, it was described very well to me one time that florals sort of wrap you in this wonderful little comfortable blanket of security and help you feel um, relaxed and and calm and things like that. So those are a lot of the essential oils that uh, that you can consider. So let's talk a little bit about food and um, what kind of foods should we be eating? To- it's foundational. Yes to really support our bodies during the winter months. And you guys have heard me rant on about bone broth, but I'm going to just keep talking about it. We'll link my bone broth and 90 minutes recipe below, but you should be taking bone broth every day. Some like a cup at least. So the easiest way to get it in is to drink soup. It's very nourishing, very warm. It warms you up. It makes you feel warm and cozy. And so bone broth is like my number one recommend recommendation during the winter months. So we want to eat foods with vitamin D because we want to increase these levels because these this is a mood boosting vitamin and as we have been talking about this is the vitamin that we're very very deficient in. Um, and so you want to eat foods and high in vitamin D. So that would be oily fish. Okay. So like salmon, mackerel, trout, these all provide a lot of vitamin D. Um, you want to aim for at least two to three servings per week. So you should be eating these foods, fish, two to three times per week, um, on the regular. Okay. As well as free-range eggs, okay? Free-range organic eggs. And so there's a difference. So let's talk to you a little bit about the difference right now. Now, a store or a grocery store can sell organic eggs. And this means that the chicken can live inside a pen, you know, locked up with tiny space, but is fed organic food, right? So... I don't think that that would be a very good answer because those eggs would not be high in vitamin D. The eggs that are high in vitamin D are chickens that are free ranging on the pasture. Okay. Well, there's 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 a small nuance, if I may. I apologize for interrupting, but uh, being the farmer that I am, I have to make the small nuance because um, I tell you what, people who actually put these labels on packages are they're geniuses when they do this. And so you want to watch out for a couple of different terms. One is called cage free. Cage free simply just means that they're allowed to be out of the cage. Okay. Free range inside a pen, but they may be inside of a a, you know a a house, a chicken house. And they never see sunlight. Now, free range, on the other hand, it sounds better, right? Free range sounds, oh, cool. They're able to go out and peck around. That is true. But the thing is, is that they're mainly raised inside of a house. They just simply have, quote unquote, access to the outside. Whereas if you have a pasture raised hen, that is a chicken who literally only sleeps in a coop and then stays outside all day long pecking around and doing its thing. So make sure that you understand the connotations of a lot of those different terms that you will see on packages as well now the best would be pasture raised organic eggs now when a chicken is pasture raised especially in the winter i'm going to tell you right now there's no way that they're getting everything that they need just from pasture they are going to have to be supplemented with feed so that feed would best would be organic okay as a farmer that is a very expensive feed to purchase. And so if they are supplemented with even non-GMO feed, that's better than organic eggs that aren't pastured. Um, if, even if they're supplemented with a conventional feed,
feed that's filled with corn and soy, I'm going to go ahead and say that that is better than organic eggs that never see a pasture or sunshine. So talk to a local farmer, find out what their methods are. Best would be pasture-raised organic eggs. Second best would be pasture-raised non-GMO eggs. Third would be pasture-raised eggs. They probably don't put anything else on the label. Which they may call farm fresh. Yeah, which they may call farm fresh. Second, what would be like the the next best option if somebody can't find that in their grocery store? If they can't find eggs? If they can't find that grade of eggs that we just I, talked about. I, if you can't find it between your farmer and your and your grocer, the only thing you can do is possibly talk to your grocery store and see if they can actually order something that you think would be very good for you. Yes. So... If all possible, Vital Farms is a a, a egg that is in every store. I've You're seen. welcome, Vital Farms. We love you. Um, we bought you when we were out on the road for a year in our RV. That is like what we purchased. Now, we have sometimes seen it at Publix for half off, which means it's about $4 a dozen. Um, but full price is 6 to $7 a dozen. You're going to get like a good, how many meals from that? From a dozen eggs? Yeah, Enough. like so many. Enough. So let's change our mindset a little bit and not look at these 99-cent eggs at Walmart. Let's think about how this egg is truly going to nourish our body and how many meals it's going to provide for us. Um, and really it shows that we appreciate the farmer who's doing all the wonderful work behind the scenes. Okay, I think we've talked enough about I know, eggs. I think we'll get off that soapbox. Trust me, we love sustainable, renewable agriculture and local and regional food, and we could talk about that all day long. And if you guys have any interest in that, um, let us know. You know, like, give us a comment and let us know. Like, do you want us to talk about sustainable and renewable agriculture? Because um, we feel like there could be a need, but we just want to know what our listeners want to hear. All right, so let's move on to supplements. So, um, you want to eat supplements that will give you what you need in, in terms of vitamin D, increasing serotonin levels. So the best supplement that we know for that is vitamin D, right? Because this is also going to do a great job at boosting your mood. It has something to do with serotonin, doesn't it? And um, so let's talk about what levels or how much vitamin D you should be taking. So unfortunately, the recommended amount that I've seen is horrible, right? Um, They recommend that adults only take about 400 um, IUs. What do those stand for again? International units. There you go. And, you know, kids only take like half of that or less. And so that is not not enough vitamin D for you. Um, Dr. Mercola recommends that if you are under five, you take 35. Um, if you bet- are between the ages That's of 35 units per pound per day, by the per way, pound, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately it is by weight. So you have yes. to really make sure that you 35 to that. units per pound per day. Um, if you are between the ages of five and 10, you're taking 2,500 units per day flat. If you are an adult over 18, you're taking 5,000 units. Now, this is only on the regular time, in the regular season. Now, during the winter, you actually need to quadruple that amount. So that means if you are an adult listening to this, then you're going to be taking 20,000 units per day. Okay, so what's the easiest way that a listener can actually get that amount into their body? 
Okay, so there's a couple of different things that I wanted to make sure that we make mention of before I answer that question, if that's okay. So the, so the first one is is that um, we want to make sure that you are lab-driven, okay? There are labs out there for a particular reason. And so what, I, what, my, what my suggestion would be is that you speak to your healthcare provider and ask them to go ahead and just draw a total... Um, vitamin D on you. They do have a vitamin D panel as well, so you can definitely consider that, and that'll kind of break down the different types of vitamin D in your body, which is still not bad to look at, of course. But you want to... Um, you know, look at those with your physician and say, am I really low, uh, you know, first, and then let's go ahead and supplement from there. So these are just simply recommendations, and we want to make sure that you understand that. Um, in order to answer your question, uh, you know, we have seen, I've seen various strengths of vitamin D. Um, I have seen a 500, I've seen a 1,000, I've seen 4,000. So it really just kind of depends on what you in particular think that you should do. Um, but just today, this morning, I used my 500, or excuse me, my 4,000 IU, and I think I did four drops. So and you can do drops or capsules or soft gels? You can. Whatever you decide, whatever you, the listener, decides that you want to do, that is just a suggestion or recommendation by us, is that you want to consider using some more vitamin D during the winter because you're not getting the sun exposure that you normally would throughout the rest of the year. All right, so the next one, the next supplement that um, would be really great for you is 5-HTP. So why don't you talk about what that is? Okay, so really what this is, is this is sort of like the next two things, well, the next, yeah, it probably would be the two things, might be kind of on the expensive side. And the reason why I say that is because when you start getting very specific with certain supplements that you could consider, you're really going to be spending more money on them because it requires a lot more processing, if you will, in order to even make the supplement in the first place. But there is one that is known as 5-HTP, and it's 5-hydroxy-tryptophan, which uh, I don't know if you recognize the word tryptophan, but that's actually the, the apparently the chemical in, in Turkey that helps you feel sleepy. But um, anyway... 5-HTP is like one of the precursors to serotonin. So ideally, it would make sense that if you were to put more of the precursor in in your body, your body can then turn around and convert it into serotonin. But by all means, this is one of those things that, you know, when you consider supplementation, why don't you foundationally eat the right food, get outside a little bit more, um, and then, you know, surround yourself with really happy people before you decide to start reaching for expensive supplements. So the only reason why I say it is just have caution when it, when you consider on jumping on that supplement train. Um, in addition to, you can also take really good probiotics. Now, um, which interestingly enough is this research uh, or this uh, reference document or reference book that we're using is kind of surprising. I never actually knew this. So I'm going to let Jackie go ahead and take that one. Oh, thanks. Because I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. But there is a... We'll do it together. There's a probiotic that has a strain that is called L-Ruteri. L-Ruteri. Okay. N-C-I-M-B- 3242. I looked it up on Amazon. Totally there. So we'll link it below. But this strain is known to significantly increase your vitamin D levels in your blood. And so you want to be taking a good probiotic. And if you're struggling with the winter blues, then you might want to consider taking a probiotic with that strain. Um, but if you're not having the winter blues and you just want to be healthy during the, you know, the winter, take a probiotic, right? So take one that is at least like 6 billion, um, you know, with the one with doTERRA. It's an excellent.
excellent probiotic to take on the regular. If you are struggling, though, with winter blues or, you know, issues of yeast and candida, then you want to up your probiotic to at least, what, like 50 to 90 billion um, for a temporary period. And so during the winter, you might want to up that a little bit if you're struggling with this. So um, those are... The recommended things that we encourage you guys to look into, um, there's other therapies that you can do as well, like acupuncture, right? Um, acupuncture would be excellent if you are um, wanting to do that because it's just great just to help ease those symptoms. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, once again, when it comes to the second half of stuff that we talked to you about and you want to know kind of where you're at, these are only recommendations, folks. Uh, make sure you go get that lab and make sure you go check out exactly what your levels are because we want to make sure that you're doing this safely and effectively for you. So, please, by all means, don't go run out to your store right now and go try to purchase a supplement and start taking it baseline, know where you're at, know where your labs are, and then, you know, speak with your physician if necessary and make those, make those uh, changes together. That's it. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. So let's go ahead and throw these giveaways out to these wonderful people who left a review for us. Let me find your username right here. Okay. So Coco with a heart at the end with the purple heart, Coco purple heart. Um, thank you for your comment. She said, thank you for posting the extra information regarding your diet. I love that you provide these resources for the follow-up. So thank you for your amazing review, your five stars. Coco, if you would email frank at ritzessentials.com and let us know that you are Coco with the Purple Heart. You got a free ebook coming your way, The Home Apothecary, Home-Crafted Recipes Using Herbs and Essential Oils. Um, we had one more from Jackie Barbie 23 Jackie Barbie 23 She said, my name is Jacqueline. I'm part of the Essential Oil family. I've been subscribed to you guys for a couple months now. It's helped me so much with my personal life and also with my business as well. Thank you for sharing with us your insight. Thank you, Jacqueline, for your amazing review and your five stars. We really appreciate you. Send an email to frank at ritzessentials.com, and I can't wait to send you a copy of The Home Apothecary. Awesome. So let's go ahead and end everything right there. Uh, hope that you got something with this. There was a ton of information in there. Make sure you talk about it once again with those individuals who are helping you in your journey. Uh, talk to your healthcare providers and things like that. And uh, we are... Uh, really looking forward to the next couple of podcasts. We're going to probably dive into a couple of topics such as oral health. We may dive into, dive into some topics uh, regarding kids' care and stuff like that during the uh, the winter season. But we also want to know what you would also like us to talk about. So send us a uh, send us an email, or better yet, put a comment on our uh, iTunes site or whatever way you're listening to us through, and let us know. We want to know what you, uh, our wonderful listeners want to hear as well so until next time this is essential oil healthcare radio and we cannot wait to see you on your neck on our <laughs> wait to see you on our next podcast have a great day everybody bye